Welcome to the Sustainable Century by Designer Disaster, where we take an honest look at emerging trends in sustainable economic development and why some companies will thrive and others won't, both now and in the decades to come. I'm your host, Mark D'Souza Shields. Glad you could join us to share and debate ideas and experiences about how consumers, stakeholders, companies, and governments are helping, or maybe not, to create a more sustainable world. Before we get to our theme today, I'd like to remind you, you can visit us at thesustainablecentury.net or write us at info at sustainablecentury.net. Send us a question, themes to think about, or interesting people you'd like to hear from. In this episode, we talk with Coro Strandberg. Coro is head of Strandberg Consulting, a Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada-based advisory which provides market-based strategic counsel to businesses, government, and nonprofits. Crow was a longtime director and three years as chair of Van City Credit Union and helped Van City to become one of the most sustainability-minded financial institutions in the world. She's advised governments, companies, and associations on a wide variety of social, economic, and environmental policy and strategy. She has received numerous honors including Canada's Clean 16, the Canada 125 medal, and her work in corporate sustainability is recognized by clients and organizations as both influential and inspiring. A consummate sustainability practitioner, Cora writes, speaks, and shares on numerous corporate sustainability topics. Two words describe Coral best in my mind, thought leader. Coral, welcome. Yeah, great to be here, Mark. Well, Coral, uh, you recently wrote in your social value business guide, and I'm, I'm going to, it's a, a little bit of a quote here, so bear with me. Leading businesses know that their financial health and the health of their communities are interdependent. By supporting the vibrancy, health, and resilience of the communities in which they operate, they are contributing to their future workforce and supplier and customer base. Well, let's start with the definition. What is social value creation in your mind? Social value creation is a step change uh, from the way CSR has been, corporate social responsibility has been practiced in the future. Uh, sorry, in the past. Social value creation is uh, this idea that the business explicitly becomes a positive force for social good. And um, the organization puts itself on the path to uh, identify and then implement the many ways and means by which it can contribute to the creation of social value in their geographies, in their markets, in their supply chains. Yeah, well, why, I mean, we're all sustainability-minded folks that come onto this show, but, but why, what, what's in a, in a company's interest, I mean, to do this? I mean, you, you talk about poverty, you talk about homelessness, you talk about these kinds of things. Why is that in their wheelhouse of interests? Well, I, I see two dynamics at play, uh, possibly depending on the scale of the company. Um, so I'm going to give an example, perhaps, of a small business that might do this. And in fact, small businesses are doing this, where they see that their viability is inextricably linked to the viability of their local community. 
and they realize that their customers come from uh, the local setting, oftentimes their suppliers as well, and uh, that's where they have their relationships uh, with governments and other stakeholders. And they are aware, uh, even especially since the global financial crisis, which uh, has really uh, had a devastating effect on uh, communities around the world, um, they're aware that their growth and vitality is, is tied up in the growth and vitality of the local community. So I'm thinking here of a small business, perhaps. On the other scale, let's say a multinational corporation, they're starting to perceive this um, social value as uh, critical to building their social license to grow. So they're starting to realize that if they invest in their value chains and if they invest in the communities in that they touch in socially positive ways, that that will uh, enhance their brand and their reputation. It will create customer loyalty and drive uh, continuous um, value, both business value and social value for the company. And if I can just go a little bit further, I've been studying what these, what I call social purpose companies are doing. And the more sophisticated ones, the ones who are, have matured along the spectrum of CSR, basically they're creating um, something I call a, a, a theory of social value creation. They're coming up with a, a framework, a metaphor, a way of thinking about how as their business grows, their social value contribution grows as well. So they want to, for example, double the positive benefits or exponentially increase the positive benefits of their company as their company grows. So their company actually becomes an engine for social good. So that's what I'm starting to see go on in the marketplace. And that sort of theory of social value creation uh, is uh, becoming a, a, a bit of a framework by which uh, these companies are embedding social yeah. purpose to their operations. Yeah. Maybe you can clarify something for me. What's the difference, say, between a social purpose company and a social enterprise? Or is there one? Hmm. Well... You know, these definitions are all blending and blurring. <laughs> Absolutely. Social and everybody's got their own favorite definition. For me, I mostly think of social enterprises as uh, smaller organizations. Uh, so, you know, that's sort of how it plays out in my mind. But a social enterprise is, in any case, a social purpose company, for sure. Is it? Um, it, it, it go on. Is, is the difference maybe, uh, and I'm trying to figure this out with you, um, a social enterprise, their whole raison d'etre is to uh, advance a particular social or environmental goal, whereas a social purpose company is just to simply create joint value with themselves and a particular constituency. Well, arguably... A social enterprise is creating business value and social value as well. That's why I think that um, these uh, terms are, are blending. Um, what I see happening is medium to large companies are starting to repurpose themselves or recharter themselves um, in ways that create more explicit social value. 
It's possible in the future, you know, there will just be one social purpose entity and you'll be large or small or whatnot. I, I see these larger companies uh, sort of moving into the social enterprise space. Uh, I also think that social enterprises, more classically defined, are sort of showing the business case to the larger companies that you can both be profitable and create social value as well. No. So, yeah, it's a definitely evolving territory. But in my mind, a social enterprise is more smaller scale, as I'm seeing it. Okay. You, you mentioned while you were talking about a spectrum, and uh, several years ago, uh, you created a graphic that has been very helpful uh, to me, explaining where companies lie on this, what we might call a sustainability strategy spectrum. And, and, and forgive me if I'm paraphrasing incorrectly, but the way I've always explained it is sort of like on the left, on, on the right hand side, there's donations and then you move towards targeted proactive uh, sustainability activities and then you move even further towards strategic and aligned activities and then finally transformational and, and, in a, and innovation. Um, Two questions, you know, um, and take them in any order you want. Where, where do you think most companies are on the spectrum? Maybe thinking a bit more about Canada than other places. But um, and, and what is a transformational company anyway? Well, maybe I should tackle the last question first to help flesh out this uh, spectrum, which in my mind goes from 1.0 to 4.0. And I am finding... Uh, now that I have really studied the concept of being a transformational company in this sort of 4.0 way, I am finding that all my work quickly discerns whether a company is 1.0 to 4.0, uh, whether a business line is that way, whether a product is that way, whether marketing is done that way, uh, whether procurement is done that way, uh, sales, uh, product development, like now everything in a company hmm. can be analyzed from whether it's you know 1.0 or 4.0 and by the way you know we we're talking donations even your community relations and your philanthropy can be done 1.0 4.0 employee engagement as well so it's for me now uh, sort of a a framework and a quick way to figure out where is a company along this maturity path uh, to speak to what is this transformational place uh, this idea of the transformational company for me is born out of research I conducted here in Canada for Canadian business for social responsibility which is a network of CSR minded companies in Canada and they had an old tool, this old Spectrum 1.0, 4.0, which was a strategy tool to help companies uh, identify where they wanted to move their CSR. And they had under 4.0, they call it transformational company, but it was effectively blank. They hadn't yet defined what it meant to be a transformational company. So they hired me to do that, uh, a global scan of what it meant to be transformational. So I looked at 20 or 30 different um, frameworks around the world, like the World Business Council for Sustainable Development and the UN Global Compact and Ceres and, and um, BITC and Business for Social Responsibility and on and on. I looked at about two or three dozen different um, models for the transformational company, I brought them all into one set, and then I consulted global thought leaders around the world on this one set of criteria, which became 19 qualities, and that's available 
off my website and off of CBSR's website. But in a nutshell, a transformational company, this this idea has sort of, it's maybe about three to five years old at most. And it is frontier companies uh, who are thinking this way. And the transformational company is a catalyst, basically. It catalyzes, it uses its influence, it uses its resources, its assets, its competent competencies, its uh, products and services, its relationships, its employees to, to move the company and to move its uh, stakeholders uh, to a more sustainable place. The transformational company thinks beyond its operations. It thinks uh, beyond the, the, the near term. It thinks uh, into the future about how it can be a catalyst to accelerate and scale sustainability. So these, uh, some of the main uh, criteria of a transformational company is that it uses its value chain, it leverages upstream with its suppliers and downstream with its customers to help uh, the whole value chain advance towards sustainability and it starts to work more and more collaboratively. It realizes it cannot become sustainable on its own. So it works at scale it works in an accelerated way and notably starts to become engaged in public policy uh, to um, lobby for progressive public policy. And also it starts to work in its industry association to help its whole sector, all of the sectors uh, that it's associated with become sustainable, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the transformational company. So uh, you ask where most companies on this spectrum um, well, the 4.0 company is definitely alive and well, uh, and I, uh, with CBSR, I'm tracking it. We uh, now have online uh, 38 examples of transformational companies. Uh, the Canadian government is uh, hiring us to develop um, a how-to guide to how companies can become transformational, so that should be publicly available perhaps by the summer. Um, and so we're seeing more and more examples, both of small companies and large, who are becoming transformational. But I would say that most companies, as an average, are still in you know 1.0, thinking of their role in communities as sort of more community relations. I still think that's the most common, uh, you know, where they're giving donations uh, to you know sort of more checkbook philanthropy. Um, but we are starting to see a bit of a shift. Uh, I, and I hear this is an American study that was done um, recently by the U.S. Conference Board and Committee Encouraging Philanthropy. They looked in uh, 2013 at what nearly 300 companies uh, were doing in this area. And it's very interesting in, in this sort of donations place. More of these companies are starting to uh, give larger grants and fewer grants. Um, they're working with fewer nonprofit organizations. They're giving more non-cash in-kind contributions than just simply cash grants. They're moving more and more into themes like um, community economic development. That kind of funding theme is increasing faster than traditional funding themes. Um, they're shifting uh, from funding um, uh their corporate foundations to more funding from main corporate budgets. So they're looking to have more and more strategic influence over how they give their, their grants. Uh, they're more and more engaging employees and then more increasingly starting to measure the impacts. So this was somebody else's study. 
of philanthropy, but it was um, revealing that there is a stepwise shift from sort of ad hoc philanthropy 1.0 to more, if you will, strategic community development. In in that study and in your experience uh, with uh, what you call checkbook uh, donations, are companies moving towards addressing material impacts? And and we used to call that, or we still do, core business impacts, but sustainable material impacts. You're seeing that trend going on. Well, this is how the transformational company, now I'm in 4.0. Right. Um, uh, the transformational company uh, uh, becomes transformational in the areas most strategically relevant to their core business. And actually what they're doing, as I said earlier, they're re-chartering their company. They're coming up with a sustainable purpose for the company. And then they're building it into their corporate strategy in ways where it is only material to their business. So, for example, this matter of the value chain, which is to say upstream, you know, tier one, tier two suppliers, or downstream, their customers, whether it's a business customer or a retail customer, they are analyzing up and downstream of their operations, not simply their own site and operational practices, where are their biggest sustainability impacts? Uh, where are their biggest opportunities? Where are the biggest risks? What do their stakeholders think are the most important issues to tackle? And then which of these are most relevant to the future um, you know, business prospects and the growth strategy right. for the company? Right. And then they're triangulating these sets of issues to come up with what are their most top impacts and opportunities. And then they're starting on a very strategic, stepwise plan basis to move in those areas. Coro, I'm afraid we're all out of time. I hope you'll come back and we can continue our conversation Thanks so much for your thoughts. Great. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Sustainable Century podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If if you like what you've heard, you can always go to sustainablecentury.net. Check out our blog. See the full list of Sustainable Century podcasts. Or if you'd rather listen to the blog, you can download a six-pack of Sustainable Century spoken blogs where yours truly reads six posts. Remember to press like in all the appropriate places, leave a comment, stir up a fuss, spread the word, tweet your thoughts about corporate sustainability out to the world. Again, you can find all this at www.sustainablecentury.net or via www.esglobal.com. That's the International Corporate Sustainability Advisory where I work. And let's keep the conversation going.